0: to share today, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, I want to springboard off of where we were last week, but I'm not going to spend the time, uh, as much time reviewing, but I want to just remind you of a couple of things that will tie over into the new message today that I'm calling stewarding the gift, or stewardship of the gift, you know, there's something about stewardship that's important, and a lot of times we tie that to, uh, if you've ever been, if you've been in church a long time, you've probably heard that term, tied to money, and stewardship of, of our money, and, and or a stewardship campaign. You ever heard of that? And uh, some people are like, oh, great, I didn't want to come here you know, hear about stewardship campaign. Well, if it meant that we were more blessed, then that'd be good, right? So we, we talk about that, and I love the the, you know, the story that uh, Josh is talking about, that you know, he'd been giving tithing, but he didn't really understand it. But after he saw God's provision in a way that he couldn't, uh, even expect or imagine I mean how, how? what's the likelihood of that and see some, some of the world will say boy aren't you lucky and I would kind of, but no we're not lucky we're blessed see I don't want to be I don't want to be I don't rely on luck I don't believe in, in luck I believe in the blessing of God operating for the one who's obedient well what we're talking about in stewardship is stewardship of the gift of God not monetary gift but the life of God And the abundance of God. See, it's not all about money. I mean, you know, I guarantee you there there are hundreds and thousands of people who have all big, nice, new, shiny cars and big, wonderful houses who are miserable. That's not the answer. You have, you have people who are known worldwide. Their name is a household name. Their, their Twitter, Twitter followers are, are in the hundreds of thousands, and they shoot themselves. I mean, there's not a, a, a capacity to be satisfied without understanding who we are in Christ. I guarantee you, I, I would not trade my life and the things that I have for, for all of those things. But the, the, the thing I want to steward more than anything, and this is the thing that, that guards us against the, the things of the world affecting us if we put the value in the gift that God gave us in relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, that song, I am who, I, who God said I am. I am, I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. I'm a child of God. I mean, that's that gift that God has provided for us. In Ephesians 5, verse uh, 15. Uh, I love this, he says, be careful then how you live. He wasn't exactly talking about, the, and, and didn't tie in this, this spiritual gift that I'm talking about, but it, well it is. But he doesn't use the word stewardship. But when you look at that in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, be careful, be cautious. You remember how I illustrated that, one walking through thorny terrain, or, or one walking through, a t- terrain that, it, 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 that can trip you up or cause you to stumble. If you're walking through tall grass, not watching for holes, what what could happen? You could fall in a hole or you could drive in one like Ty and I did with the, my, my 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 gator, my side-by-side. We're checking cattle driving along there and somebody saw that picture on Facebook where we went in a hole big enough to swallow that gator and that thing's, that thing's huge. I mean, it's almost the size of a... A uh, small truck, and 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 but we drove that into it caved off, and I just thought, oh well, we're just sinking a hole. It was on his side, and I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at am counting cattle. We were up on it, yeah, wasn't it? No big deal. It was on his side, right? But here we are driving, and there's a tall uh, plains there's down, big grass, and wells. The cows were in there. there's a canyon on that place between 10 and Nash. It drops down in there about 20 or 30 feet, and the cows were all down, and it's a big open canyon. They were down there. We were perfect, man. I was up there counting cows, you know, counting them, driving all. and and my co-pilot is not paying attention. He should have told me, hey, there's a hole up there. He's texting, you not know, playing on his phone, probably. No, he he, he wasn't. He was counting cattle with me. And so here we are. We're going down through there. Yeah, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, just like I told you, I count people. But but you know, here we are, and we start to fall in this hole. I mean, this thing is this a serious deal? After I realized. I I I, I look out like, you know, well, oh, and then I can see and it. It's like ten feet or eight feet, uh, far enough that if we get down in there, well, we're not getting out very easy. Well, this starts to dip down in, and he jumps out. And then I'm crawling out over the hood, and we're 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 trying to get out of this thing before it, it falls completely down in there. Well, it, it hangs up and down there. And then, I mean, the pictures are awesome. It, it's it's awesome. If it's not yours. And I'm thinking, oh dear Jesus! so I, I didn't tear this thing up. But it's it's setting down in there, and it, it, it began to fall. Well, then we got the arms on my big arm bed on my on my pickup, and it sucked it out of there. We we was able to get it out of there, but uh, not before we almost dropped it completely down in there. So so. Since then, what did we do? We put up posts to mark that hole. Because I wouldn't have won, I wouldn't want to go there again. So we need to be careful in how we live. We need to be purposeful in how we live. We need to be cautious in those things. And so that's what he's talking about. He says, Be careful or cautious. The King James says walk circumspectly, intentionally, carefully, cautiously. Not as unwise, but as wise. So you say, well, I'm not that wise. Well, that's one of those blessings we can tap into the the things, God. And that's that's being a a, a steward of what God's given us. See, God said he'd give us wisdom. God told the disciples in John chapter 14, he says, I'm going away, but I'm sending another Comforter." Y'all remember that? He said, another one, the Holy Spirit, who will live in you. He won't just be with you. He'll be. So, he's with you all the time as a believer, as a born again Christian. But if we don't steward that gift and that connection, that understanding, he's not going to, to, to create that, that uh, atmosphere and, and, and guide and direct us in the same sort of manner and so It's important that we walk as the wise. The best way we can walk as the wise is as in tapping into the things of God and the Holy Spirit in his direction. See, God's not surprised by our problems. He, he's not surprised. He, he knew in advance, and he's trying to set us up for things. Now, every challenge that comes in life, God will turn to our good and enable us to learn from it. doesn't mean they're all from him, though. You know, there's a lot of people will say, well, you know, uh, boy, you know, God's trying to get your attention. Well, God's trying to get your attention without, you know, a bad accident, or some of those things, but in the process, when if those things happen, he'll also use those gut breaks. So I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but but the point over the last several weeks has been being in that Kairos moment, that best time for God, sensitive to knowing what's going on and able to benefit in that. So walking in God's uh, God's grace and, and walking in God's uh, God's gifts and walking in God's best. He says, verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That that in the, in the, uh, King James is, is redeeming the time. Take, it says this, it's, it's the same thing. It means to make or take advantage of every opportunity. It's very important that we understand the opportunities that got set out there before us. Redeem that time. Take advantage of that time. And, and uh, because the days are evil. Listen, if you hadn't figured out the days are evil, you, 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 you've you been walking around. You must be a hermit somewhere. I, I try to stay. Uh, I try to not spend a whole lot of time listening to a lot of news and a lot of those things. But, man, i tell you what. The days are evil. And, and the, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and so we've got to tap into the things of God. So um, last week, and I won't turn there, but last week we talked about in Acts chapter 1 where when Jesus left, he told his disciples, he said, go to that certain place in Acts, uh, Acts seven, he said, go there and wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the ability, the empowerment, the the, the thing that's going to come. And then you'll get in asking questions. And, and what's going to go on? What, what do I do next? All these things. He said, it's not for you. It's not for you to know now. You just take what I do make available to you and move on from there. And so let's turn to, uh, let's go to uh, John chapter 3. And I, I'm going to take you to a familiar passage of Scripture because what I'm going to talk about today is uh, making sure that we redeem the time still still ties in. But we take advantage of and we and we steward the gift of God. Because you, if you'll remember, when we ended the service last week, that's the thing I closed with, was we need to steward our time. In verse 16, John 3, 16, we could have quoted this, most of us, but I want us to lay our eyes on it. I want us to read it. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his, King James says only begotten, this is, that uh, his only, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him, in Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. Man, I mean, that's a that's a, 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 a scripture that is foundational to every, every believer. We need to know and understand that this has been given the life of God. Now notice he says if we'll believe in him, we we can receive eternal life. Man, that's a, that's an important thing. I just, I, I, I mean that's the most important thing. If all we got from God, if He didn't if He didn't bless us with with a good life here in this earth, having eternity is enough would be enough to worship Him. That'd be that'd be awesome. We didn't quit there. Let's turn over to John chapter ten. And I want us to see also more Of what God talks about here in in John chapter 10, 10, and He's relating this this these passages, and He says that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But He said He comes, and He says, "I have come that you may have life, and have it to the full, or more abundantly, depending on what translation you read." he says, to the full, I like to amplify it, to the full till it overflows. And I tell you what, that's the kind of life that God wants us to have. Now here, here's the thing, it doesn't mean that we're preaching that there's never a problem for a Christian. Sometimes challenging things, Sometimes, sometimes bad things happen. Within that, there is an ability to overcome the walk through or, or, or endure those things that is beyond what the world can do. I wouldn't want to go through economic downtime, loss of a job, you know, many much much more serious challenges that we can have without having God in our lives. You know, I was thinking, my, my wife and I were talking about this. Uh, my, my old sister was in town, and uh, she was just talking about, said, I was, marriage and relationship, and, and, and you know, she she's you know, kind of bragging on us and, and, and talking about how she, she appreciated what we've been, managed to do and being a, a good example of a, of a marriage. And I, just, I told her, I said, you know, and I said, and I were talking about this uh, later on, I said, the thing that we've always done is we chose to take on every new thing in life, new challenge, new adventure, whatever it was, together. And even when things went have gone bad, we didn't spend our time blaming the other one. Because man, I could, I could start a list of how many times it was her fault, right? But she's downstairs with the kids tonight. Oh, she's back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, she's back there playing. Playing, uh, yeah, busted. Well, that's not. The, uh, yeah, that's not the first time that I've been I've been caught uh, picking her. But you know, you know, a, that's the thing. I could, I could, I could take a, I could make a list of the times it was her fault. But there's also a list, shorter, but there's a list. It's my fault too. <laughs> I've always told her, I said, "You start teaching something, so, You know, you can start sharing." But uh, she did not want to do it. But anyway, uh, there, there is a, there is a uh, truth that we can at times blame the other. One. I could go through car trades. I could go through, you know, decisions we've done with the kids. So I had some decisions. You know, there were times we acted out of. Uh, Fear out of uh, excitement out of you know emotion instead of making a practical thing you know there's so many times when we could we could poke blame and we could say it's your fault we're in this place, but instead we've chosen to say no, together we got here, and together we'll get through it. And I don't know that we've ever actually said those words, but we made, I don't know, and I don't even know who told me this in the beginning, but we, we made that decision that where we're at is the best place we're going to be, not that what's the last place we're going to be, but where we're at is good. We're just choosing to make that decision, and we, and we go on forward. See, we have to steward what's been given to us, and, and you know, a lot of times when we magnify the negatives... And, and, we, and we begin to pursue things that we don't have instead of things that we do, then that, that causes us to be in a place where we, we, we shouldn't be. And, and one of the reasons that people struggle in life a lot of times is, uh, is in, in, in pushing uh, things aside or blame to other people. You know, we, we chose together to, to decide to walk the adventure of this life. I'll tell you, it's been an adventure. I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of houses, a lot of uh, different jobs, and a lot of different times of stress. And, you know, we got four kids, and, 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 you know, there's times when they were all playing ball together, and there's times when, when, you know, one of them's going through this big challenge, and then you got you know, we spread them out so far that, you know, we still, we you know, we had little kid problems at the same time. We had teenage problems, at, and so there's other challenges where they're all together. at the same. I mean, some of y'all, pile them all together, it's like, Lord, mercy. You know, woo, that'd be tough too. And so it doesn't matter what the challenge is, doesn't matter how many you had, you got one or six, or like a family that's coming to sing at the Cowboy Church here in a few, few weeks that's had 15, Lord have mercy. At least if you have 15, you have lots to help. But, uh, yeah, you would have your own band, yeah, basketball team, football team, actually, if you want to do that. But God is, God provides when we make a decision. Now, here's what we gotta do. We gotta understand, though, that the, the gift together or the gift that we guard, first of all, is that relationship with Jesus Christ. See, he said, the thief to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life, eternal life, but also life abundant now, here and now. So I want us to look a little bit about uh, uh, guarding or, or uh, stewarding that gift because stewardship is defined as management. You know, you're stewards over your kids. You, we, man, I'm so excited, blessed to see all these young kids, these young families these young kids. And, and uh, some of you who are older, who are, who are your kids are raised, you know, I'm going through, we're going through the experience of trying to, to connect with them on as adults. You know, and, and Sue does a really good job of this, and, and I'm learning how to do this. But, but, you know, I loved it the other day when our oldest calls us and needing, needing some, some dad advice. That's awesome. She's figured out. I'm uh, pretty smart. It took her 27 years or so to figure it out. She figured it out. She figured it out at 25, I think. But to, and it took her a long time. But see, we we want to garden steward. I love to see all the all the kids. I love to see all those things. we want to we want to understand that the abundance of life is is ours, and we need to guard and and direct and protect that life. Now, here in this in these passages. in verse uh, 15, no, verse 23 of, of chapter uh, 3. We're going to just take this verse. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human matters. Now, I've always read that out of the Kingdom. Though. I kind of like it out of the NIV there because it breaks it down. He says, whatever you do. See, one of the reasons that Sue and I, I believe those things together, that we made this decision a long time ago that whatever we did, we were doing it as unto the Lord. So we love one another. We raise our kids. We work. We, we Every home we're in. I mean, I love it that, you know, we've had all these different houses, different kinds of houses, ones that were amazing and ones that were not so amazing, but every one we made a home Everyone we you know she painted we fixed it up, she gave me a honeydo list and I fixed stuff and, 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 and we got we got that thing like a home but everyone was was temporary that, that God we're just we're, we're here until you you move us to wherever you need it to you go know, We made so a choice a long time ago that we were, we, were, we were trusting and entrusting our lives because so everything we do is as unto the Lord. Just, and, and we did it with all our heart. We did that with raising our kids, with 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 serving in the church, with whatever we did. Do it with all your heart, ask as working for the Lord. Now, let me let me because most of you are in full time ministry, or no but none of you're in full time ministry, it applies to us where our where our work is concerned. If you're if you're a craftsman, a business owner, an employee, it doesn't matter, and that's the cool thing about it. Uh, some of what he writes is he, he tells you, he challenges them, no matter what you do, do it as unto the Lord. See, here's the thing whenever I was, uh, going, when we went back to college and went, went to Oklahoma uh, State and I was starting in ministry, one of the jobs I had, and I've told someone, told this story before, but was to uh, be a, a I, I was uh, building trophies for dangerous Printing and I was delivering uh, print work that they did. And I, I needed extra money as a part time job, you know, type deal to get us to college. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm working at, through that. And one of my jobs as a then 26 year old man was to file for this 23 or 4 year old uh, secretary. So so it was humbling. I, 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 I mean, some of you guys may not have a problem with that, but I was like, man, I have run crews of guys. I have done all that. You know? I mean, I'm like, I could have had, I didn't, but I could have had this pride thing that says, good doing that. But yeah, I did it as unto the Lord. I said, okay, God, you're providing for me whatever it is for this moment, this time. And I always told my kids, I do whatever I have to do in order to provide for my family, legally and ethically, obviously. But but whatever work that was for the time period, I sold. I was a telemarketer and sold. I probably annoyed some of you with selling uh, uh, insurance on the phone, one of those telemarkets. This was way back in the 90s. But but anyway, that was a time that I just, I I hated it. But I chose to do it as unto the Lord. See, what do you do in your business? Do it as unto the Lord. Do you have somebody who gives you problems? You You get challenged. You don't like it for a period of time. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And then the Lord can bless that. See, when we do things with the right attitude, in a right, in a right manner, in a right way, God's not going to leave us in that place for long. He's going to take it and have it as a way to, to uh, train and build and, and educate us and prepare us for something more. And when we prove faithful within the little things, God will give us more. The cool thing was, is I learned lots of things about being a boss by listening to that secretary. The other thing is I I, I learned uh, in other times and other jobs and other things that I did, there there were things that I learned uh, that were invaluable later on, so God prepares us. So the first thing is we want to live well and live pleasing to God. So I want to have an attitude of service to God. So no matter what you're doing, even if you're not in ministry, do it as in the Lord. Choose to say, God, I'm going to steward the gift of eternal life in me because I'm an example of a Christian to other people. Had a conversation not too long ago with somebody. Part of that conversation was that they were judging Christianity as a whole by the people that they knew, and the people that they knew weren't very. They were they were hypocritical. Their their words. They were hypocritical. It was all a sham. They were all. They were only after money. I mean, there was those kinds of things that were that were uh, presented. And, and they made their judgment of Christianity based on those people. Now, here's what I try to communicate to say: so, Look, not, you can't look, you can't throw everybody in the same group, right? But also, you got to understand there's that some of those people who were hypocritical were, were were only in a in a beginning point of the process. See, so, you know, we don't always. Hit the mark. We don't hit the mark of being perfect. We need to. Be, we need to hit the mark of being, uh, being uh, willing to change, willing to admit wrong, willing to to, to to be forgiven, and demonstrate that. So it's a process that we work through. But we need to. We need to try to the best of our ability to live in a way that that says, "Lord, I am." Yours, and I want to be an example for in the body of Christ. So we need to have an attitude of service to God. The other thing is we need to choose to be His disciple. So as we're stewarding that gift, we need to choose to be His disciple. Say, Lord, teach me, show me, guide me, direct me, help me to be more like you. See, then that's a process. We we, we can't, we're not going to get there the first time. You're going to stub your toe. You're You're going to fall. You're going to fail. But the question is, will you get back up? And continue because even his disciples demonstrated failure, sometimes ignorance. I don't being nice, because said stupidity. But I'm um, going to use a nicer word, right? Uh, sometimes they were they were just out and out failures at what they did at trying to follow Jesus. But yet God didn't give up on it. And the third thing is we got to share what what we've been given in life. You know, uh, we need to live that away. Now let's turn to uh, chapter four, verse two. And uh, there's other things in in the middle of the, those between those verses, but I want to jump ahead to chapter four, verse two. And the, the other thing that'll help us if we're going to be a good steward of the gift of the life of Jesus Christ, and the reason it's important for us to be an example to others, because we've got a gift on the inside of us we want to demonstrate. That. But yeah, the one of the things that'll that'll help us do that is be devoted to prayer. Notice what he says. He says, "Devote yourselves to prayer." Being watchful and thankful. Being watchful and thankful. Devoted yourself to prayer. Here's the thing. I, I wrote this down. Uh, make it a first thing, not a last resort. Start every day. I mean, don't wait till the till, till you're overwhelmed to, to begin to pray. Pray first. You know, uh, don't pray for show. Pray for the the. God, changing me. And so you set your heart, but devoted. Devoted means I'm going to make it a lifestyle. I'm going to make it a major part of my life. You say, well, I'm just not good at prayer. Well, begin to pray over your food. So I'm not comfortable praying out loud. Start praying over your food. Start praying somewhere. And I can promise you as, an, as a man, uh, your, your wife, if she loves God, She's gonna think you are a sexy machine, but if you, a sexy dude, if you can pray. She also might think you're sexy if you help uh, unload the dishwasher or something like that too. I mean, I I don't know. But but I can can tell you what: leading by example is important. You know, leading uh, in in your family—it's not that you're perfect in doing it. Is that you're willing to do that, willing to try, willing to grow it. Like See, so stepping up in those things where, where spiritual things are concerned, beginning to pray. That's the thing that turned our, our marriage completely around was whenever I began to pray with her. I learned to dedicate to pray to make that a part of my life, but I began to pray because what I could do is I could demonstrate my heart to her, my heart to God, to her, and it gave her a confidence in me that was far beyond. Because she she knew I was weak, a fail, you know possibly a fail, you know could fail. She knew I was really limited. We'll put it that way. She wasn't looking for me to fail. But she knew I was. She knew I was just a man. She knew I was just a man. And 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 you know I mean when we were dating, she thought I was incredible. And after we got married, she figured out, oh God, he's just a guy. But when I, but when I put, when I began to pray, even even if I was, but if I was sincere in my prayer, she she trusted me in a way beyond where where I'd ever been before. So, devoting yourself to prayer, and and, and ladies, this is the same way with you. I mean, it's important that we do that. And if we begin, as, if you're married and as couples, it's important that we do that. See, a lot of times I. I, I the, the, that's one of the most valuable things we do is to develop a devoted life of prayer. And, and be watchful. Here's the thing when we pray, don't just get into repetition. Don't just pray some old thing that, that you pray every time. Learn to be watchful. Now, our prayer for food is always pretty much the same thing. Father, we thank you for this food as we bless the nurses, strengthen the bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not long, was eating man. I mean, you know, but but it's, but it's sincere. But there's other times that we want to be watchful. We want to be careful. We want every time we get together. To the Lord, bless our home, bless our kids, bring everybody home safely, be watchful. What does that mean? I'm to be sensitive to adjust and adapt as the Holy Spirit leads me to change those things where there's concern. Uh, the, the third thing is this is enjoy life. Enjoy the life you've been blessed with. And I tell you what, if, if you're living in a, a, a trailer and and and, and Whatever you're living in, or if you're living in a five-bedroom mansion, love life. Have fun. I guarantee you, there's, there, I've had, we've had times where our house locked us down so much that we couldn't enjoy life. I, I, I'm telling you, some of the best time we've ever had was in the little $50,000 home that I've remodeled that was old as the hills that we lived in over in Garber. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, that, that, that was a time where we needed the you know thank God. We didn't have much money tied up in a house payment because we had all the kids home and trying to do all the things like, with unlimited income. But God provided, and that, that that was so awesome. So be able to enjoy the life you're in. Don't let the world, in other words, dictate what is good life and what isn't. Because if you're fulfilled in the life that you're in, the place that you're in then then that's more important than all the other things. So you need to you need to decide what things are going to make you or enable you to be fulfilled. And and here's the thing. Be thankful for those things. Notice what he said there. Be prayerful, be watchful and be thankful. That's very important. I I, I told him that on Tuesday night I said, you need to you need to do something for me. Take out a pen and paper and your Bible and write down a list of things you're thankful for. Make your prayer time about, first of all, the things you're thankful for. Our, our first approach to God to be, fine. thank you for my thank you for my house, thank you for my family. I mean, I'm not necessarily in that order, but, you know, thank you. whatever things you're thankful for, then begin to write down things you, you've had as victories. Lord, I thank you that I overcame that issue. Thank you that I overcame this, that, and the other. So begin to write down those, and, and then bring God your needs. And in that prayer time, come before the deeds. When we come before God with our needs, after being thankful and after rejoicing in our victories, it totally changes our perspective and our approach to God. How we do that, so uh, we can do that. Be thankful for those things. Look at look at Ephesians 3:15. Uh, or not Ephesians, sorry, Colossians. Stand, Colossians, 3:15. Verse verse 15, right over here on the next page over. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were you were called to peace and be thankful. So I just wanted to emphasize that one thing, man. Just be thankful. He says it over and over again in about three or four places here in Colossians, how to be thankful, how how important that is. So enjoy your life and be thankful. I wrote this down. Be thankful for what you have, not consumed with what you don't. A lot of people are miserable in life because they don't have what somebody else has. You know, man, I... I, I and, and if we can be thankful for what we have and a peace what we have, then we can be excited for somebody else when they get something awesome. And what is it? Hate like? Is that a term on the Facebook, on the social media? You, you hate like it. You like it, but you really don't like it. You see their picture of their new truck or their... Wonderful family, or they're a big deal. They're a great job, or whatever. They're they're big, they're big deal. I'll some of these guys yeah, Really? One after another, big monster bucks. I'm like, I've been working for one of those. Yeah, no envy. I said, cast that envy, Dad. I said, no envy. Now, see, we, we we can we can we can be we can like it, and truly like it. Or we can like it with bitterness. And then we're miserable over it. And then we're like, God, I'll leave you. Know, and then we start looking at folks and all that. Just enjoy your life. And see, I'm amazed whenever I... Begin, when, I when I steward the gift of, of the blessing of eternal life. And I become thankful in all these things. And I begin to make prayer part of my life. And I let him begin to it, it, it affect me. I'll begin to enjoy my life. Enjoy what I have. And listen... If, if, if you want something that somewhat nice, something like someone, don't want someone else's stuff, that's covetousness. Kind of it's a big old cage word. covetousness. That's don't say that's wrong. No, That'll mess you up. Don't waste your time. But I can see those other than I say, hey, I'm going to get me one like that. You know, so you begin to pray and, and trust your life to God, but enjoy on the way. And yeah, I thank God I see other people post on my like, I got bigger, come on, Now that's pride, don't do that either, so, The last thing is this, or the fourth thing is this, we're going to really wrap this up, but make life an adventure. Now, if we're going to steward the life we have, man, make life an adventure. Don't always play it safe. What's the saying? You can't steal second by standing on first. got to get a lead you you got to let you play softball against that, and you, know, you got to stay on first. But, you know, man, get a lead. Get, take a risk. Step out there. You might get thrown out. Oh, man, I, I remember coaching nine, nine-year-old boys. And, and I'm coaching first base. We're coaching these kids, and, and I, I'm, I was the head coach of over there in and, and, and one instance. And, and these boys, is the first time they ever play uh, ball where you could steal. It, it was 10 and under, I think it was 10 and under, nine and 10-year-old boys. And, I mean, those boys, I mean, they were used to running that basic, standing on them. There they stood, and they waited until the balls hit, and they'd run, you know. And so when they started leading off, and they start getting ready to steal, I, I, I'd better okay, get a lead. They'd be standing on that first base, and they go, I said, no, no, get a lead. And they go, I said, no, get a lead. No risk. It's like, yeah, I mean, somebody over, I said, hey, one time I told this kid, I said, have you seen that pitcher throw over here? <laughs> you really think he's going to make him throw over here? You'll probably get second free because in first place, okay, he gets you he's going to throw it over his head. I didn't tell him exactly that, but that's what I was thinking. Come on, man, step out. Sometimes life has to have a little bit of adventure. I mean, man, there's times you got to take a little risk. That's one of the things, Cody and, and them always say. We're here we have him. I mean, he went bought 250 ewes they are lambing right now. Thank God it's been an open winter, but I mean, it's been it's been a deal. Well, I, I just laugh every time I talked to him. I've been there. I did that dumb thing. But, you know, what I mean, I took I've, I've taken that risk. Aaron, you done the same thing. So, like, taking that risk. But you know what? We got to live an adventurous life because why? Then we got stories to tell. I got a few scars. I got cool stories. I got, I got a, an adventure, some life. I got, I got a hole through my, where a, where a catfish been stuck me through, the, through my toe. because we were digging fish down on the river at like 12 years old. We were way down on the river just me and one buddy and, a, and, a, and a, another friend. And, and we were digging fish. We had all these fish on the catfish on the string. It was in the South Canadian, North Canadian River, it was down by Watonga. And, and it was real shallow water, and those fish drifted down around my feet that were on the stringer. I mean, one of them, if, if you never paid attention, those, those catfish had those big old feet. Uh, and he ran that thing through my toe, and it broke off and it stuck in my toe. Now, they've got serrated, serrated nails. You can't pull it backward. And, and of course, I mean, I'm, I'm bleeding, and I've got this thing that's sticking out both sides of my second toe. Next to my big toe. And so we're down there, and then the running water up across that felt wonderful. It was awesome. No, it wasn't. We was like a mile, mile half from there, and then we got to the we parked there my friend's old uh, the old van. It was three on the tree, and I was the only one that could drive it. I say, "Oh, this one!" I was 12 years old, and we're down there on the on the river. I don't know what mom thinks. to turning us loose like, "What's it?" Wow, But here we are. This, these are these are stories to tell. And I'm out of time, but, but I mean, we've got to live life as an adventure. See, we've been blessed with a gift. God wants us to have abundant life. But so much of the time, we focus on a whole bunch of things that aren't really important. Trying to keep up with what people think. Trying to live in a house we can't afford. Trying to drive vehicles. I mean, man, I love the fact that I am completely comfortable driving a 2013 with 135,000 miles on it. But it's safe and my drive driving a 2010 with 170,000 miles. And it runs beautiful because we pet them and bless them and we don't go, you piece of junk. We just keep working on them and, and I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's awesome because that's what we can afford. If you can afford better, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I, I love it. I've had a couple of new ones in our 33 years, a whole bunch of used ones. But you know what I don't want? I don't want one because I have had them like this where the payments had me locked down, where there's no adventure, no fun. I'd rather have the ability to go hunt if I want to go hunt or go do something because I, I go do it or, and, and enjoy it. And listen, here, here, but here's, here's what's so awesome about God, and I'll close this. When we make those mistakes and we get those mistakes, because some of you can be going, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I remember that first house we bought that, that had such a payment, we couldn't enjoy it. And I had to repent before God and say, "God, forgive me. Help me out of this mess." And it took me a little while, but it got it got me out of this. He's having an adventure. I don't know about you. And we're glad he's here. All right. Well,